0: I'll lend support so you can create the MFR practice you've always wanted. Learn how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town and even if you're just starting out and even if you've ran your practice for years. Let's go. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR coaches podcast. I am joined today by one of my most fun mastermind sisters. She was a mastermind sister with me in the 200k mastermind with Stacey Bayman, which we are just getting ready to graduate from. So welcome to the podcast, Jessica Waino. She is the host of Sincerely Future You, which is a podcast I highly recommend that you listen to. And she is the owner of What's Happening with Jess, which is her coaching container. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. I mean, this is really coming off of a podcast that we probably could splice together if we were really good editors of like a thousand voice memos that we've been sending back and
0: forth. We could. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I'm glad to do it all in one. I am too. Because, okay, so first of all, I'm not good at audio voice messaging. That's a thought. (laughs) It is a thought. You (laughs) should see me talking into it. I'm like, oh, oh, I like talk and talk. Well, it only gives you 59 seconds of recording. And I've got like 20 minutes of stuff to tell you. I know it's bad. And people are always like, wait, this is my first time doing
1: this. I'm like, I christen people into voice memos because it's just my preferred
0: form of communication. (laughs) Yes, it is fun. And it's addicting. Like after you do it, can't stop
1: you got to send like seven. And then I'm like, Oh, seven's too many. I can't listen to this. I'll send you seven. And then I'll listen to you all of yours later. <laughs> yes. But yes, it has been fun getting to know you really more via voice. And I love that you have a podcast and I have a podcast that just makes so much sense because I feel like you really get to know people by hearing their
0: intonation. Yeah. Oh, I love watching your podcast or like seeing your like little clips and then seeing your background and everything. I'm like, Oh, it looks so nice. Like she's so famous.
1: Is this like something that people can see too? Or you just have people are listening to us on Apple. Mine's just audio, but maybe I need a YouTube channel. I don't know. I just added it because I feel like I look too cute for this to just
0: be on audio. (laughs) You do look very cute. So most of the time when I'm doing mine, I look like a hot mess. And I also like feel so funny with headphones on. So I don't know. (laughs)
1: I used to do that. And then it like forced me to be more thoughtful about my fashion. Cause I was like, "Uh oh, got a recording tomorrow. YouTube can't let them down.
0: Loving. Yeah. We'll think about it. I don't know. Cause sometimes I just have shower thoughts and I got to do a recording. Yeah. There's pros and cons to it for sure. Yeah, that is for sure. Okay. So why don't you tell us like, who do you help? What do you help them do? Like, what is your passion in life? (laughs) Yes. so
1: as you mentioned, we met in a mastermind for coaches, but we all kind of do something a little bit different because similar to your audience, right? They're all MFR certified, but they all kind of have a different way that they help their clients. So for me, I work with entrepreneurs and women business owners, a couple of women professionals in one-on-one, but really my main containers for Women entrepreneurs, and I help them with time mastery, money mastery, and CEO drama. So, really, I think most of my clients, when they come to me, they think of themselves as a business owner, but not necessarily as a CEO. Hmm. And a a lot of that has to do with the fact that entrepreneurs come into their business just with a skill set and not really knowing how to run a business. Like, they don't understand how to. Schedule. They don't understand most of their numbers. So mm-hmm. they have just in like the first couple of months in us working together, they're cleaning up things and tracking in a way that helps them realize that they have been leaving money on the table and, or they've been creating a lot of busyness for themselves. That's really, really unnecessary or not the priority. And usually my entrepreneurs come to me feeling like they've lost themselves in their business. Mm. And the idea of scaling feels so daunting because they're just scared that already they don't have enough time in order to make money. I must need to lose more time. And I can't even think about adding one more thing to my plate. And as you know, being in the container with a lot of women who are making Over 200K in a lot of cases, over seven figures, that is not the case. Most of us work way less than we did when we were making under six figures. And so I just help women think about the connection between time and money in such a simpler way that helps them break through and not feel scared to grow their business,
0: which is what they really want to do. I love that. So you're just talking to, your preaching to the choir over here because I help my therapist to create six figure businesses, mm-hmm. you know, without working more and without burning out. And a lot of people come to me on the edge of burnout and they're like slowly catching fire to that burnout and they're under earning. They're not paying themselves, whatever the case may be. And we just go into all of the looking at our facts (laughs) and you know, making decisions based on that so that they don't burn out. Because as we were kind of talking at the top of the show, I don't know if that will make it into the cut or not, but I was kind of (laughs) explaining myofascial release to you. You know, like we spend a lot of money on our education and becoming so specialized in this. And then we turn around and we don't know how to charge for it, how to sell it, and how to work in a way that isn't prescribed by the way we've been raised, right? Like where hard work is recognized more than the results of the work that you do.
1: Oh yeah. I love that you just mentioned that the way we were raised, because one of the most common objections that I would always get, or the excuses really, that I would hear from my clients about why they're not qualified to do something was just based in the way they were raised or their experience. And we think that our past qualifies us to be in a certain future within the next six months or a year. And my podcast sincerely future you is really all based around how can we instead predict our future by reverse engineering it right instead of thinking about like okay now i've graduated from this now i have this degree now i have this certification now i have this experience now i can go and do that it's like all right future me has created x number of dollars is working x number of hours now let's just Solve for X. Yeah. What is the other variable that's missing here? What has to change? What policies need to be put into place? So, we do a lot of like math in my program. And then the thing is, is that your business is just that math minus the drama.
0: Yes. I love that. (laughs) I say that all the time. Like, it's true. Like, your business is just a math equation. We're going to math it out. I always say that. We're going to math this out. And then I'm going to coach you on all your drama. Yeah, because
1: you're like, okay, okay, when you say it, it sounds really simple, but then I go to do it and it feels really hard and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz you're a human being trying to be in your body that's feeling uncomfortable at the same time as you're just doing something
0: mathy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think we become like the human doing and we forget about the human being. Mm,
1: yeah. And like
0: it just takes away so much of the things that are available to us like enjoying the journey instead of like just waiting for the destination to happen to us before we can feel a certain way about it. You know what I mean? Yes. And that is why it's so much easier for us as coaches
1: to like say, Oh oh, oh, yeah, you just need to do that. And they're like, why are you able to see that? And I'm not. And I'm like, Oh, because I'm not in your body Mm. right now being distracted by all of the vibrations that are going on because you're feeling uncomfortable right now. Because I'm not dealing with discomfort, I can just see the math. Yeah. That's why me, even as a business owner and a life coach with all of those same tools and skills, I still
0: need a coach to hold that space for me. Exactly. I need so much coaching. I mean, it's not even that I need it necessarily. Like, I want it because I no longer have much of a tolerance for staying stuck in any sort of Mm. situation for... Very long. It's like I'm so familiar with, oh, this is shame. This is fear. This is anxiety. This is self doubt. Like the minute I get those sensations in my body and I'm so good at labeling them now, I'm like, okay, like what's actually going on? Oh my God. I'm going to not sit in this for very long. I'm not afraid to sit in it either, but like I know the bullshit that's going on in my brain that's keeping me there. And I'm like, let's get through it.
1: Yeah, well I know for a fact that you can identify what is useful emotional processing versus what's just extremely indulgent because we both had to sit in some discomfort. Like this round we just talked about graduating from the mastermind that we were a part of. I did 3 rounds. I don't even know how were you in for 2 rounds? One round? Just one. Yeah, one. Yeah, and I was in it for 3 rounds, so um Deciding to opt out as I just had a baby girl this year. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you so much. She is very cute. You guys, again, you can't see because you're just listening, but just imagine the cutest baby and then 10X it. She's very cute, but she also has been presenting me with a lot of scheduling. (laughs) Issues and I have drama, right? Like the math is just like, okay, as soon as she's done nursing, you'll hop on a call and that's fine. But then I have the thoughts of like, oh, is it unprofessional for me to text? Oh my gosh. You know, another
0: coach. You know what though? I want to just say this like for just women in general, like the part where you go ahead and say, like, I'm nursing my baby and I'm going to be 10 minutes late. And like, you just put that out in the world. Mm-hmm. And like other people can work around it. Like it's literally okay. And it has nothing to do with being professional. Like you are feeding a child. Yes. And if I can't handle that, like that's a problem with me. <laughs> Intellectually, I understand that, but it's yeah. just such a good
1: example, right? For your audience of how, like, if you had said the same thing to me, I'd be like, of course. And if I can't push it by 10 minutes, we'll reschedule and that will yeah. be fine as well. Exactly. Exactly. But when you're in it and when you're experiencing it, there's that natural reaction that your body and your brain wants to have to, whether it is to not honoring a, obligation or responsibility or changing something in general, we've been conditioned. Yeah. And especially some of this conditioning serves us. So some of the conditioning for you to like show up and honor your schedule is something that I teach. Right. And I also teach a counter practice where you're like, and also have the authority and the self-compassion to know when you have to pivot and you can just have your own back on that decision
0: as well. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to make it mean about yourself? If you aren't professional, like who even gets to decide what that is? Like, I love it when people are like, should I do this or this? I'm just wondering which one is more professional. I'm like, pick the one that's less professional. Yeah. Like I double dog dare you. Like, what if we all show up not professionally?
1: I think one of the most profound things I ever did for my clients, this is probably like year and a half ago now. And I had just gotten to the point where my one-on-one coaching practice was booked out. And it was like a huge deal. Something that I really had been working towards for a really long time. Yeah. That is a big deal. And meanwhile, I had said 20 clients. That's kind of like industry standard. What you hear is like 20 clients is like fully booked. Yeah. And then I let in like 21 and I had gone from like 18 to 21 in one week. Like I booked this many clients and that gap was like Just
0: not good for me. Like, that's that's like insane. Like how many hours in a row is that per day of coaching?
1: It was about six or seven. And I found that on the days when it was seven, I was having an allergic reaction to my schedule. Like I could (laughs) not actually handle it. And so I had said to someone, there was no other reason that I had to cancel a session other than I needed to take a nap. Like I couldn't, like my brain and I also have a six-year-old. He's very high energy, just like extremely wild child. And (laughs) he's six. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) He's crazy and six. He's very six. Yeah. And I was like, I knew he was going to be coming home and I had like two more calls and I was just like, I could, but also I want to take a nap. And in my brain, I had this whole dialogue, like, what do I tell the client? Mm Mm-hmm. And I was trying to come up with the most professional way to let them know that I'm going to have to reschedule, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I need to take a nap. Mm-hmm. And I can assure you that within my policies for myself, I'll make sure that I learn from this scheduling and I don't overbook myself and I'm going to have it solved by next week. But right now it wouldn't serve you for me to come to this coaching call. And I want to implore you to be able to make these types of decisions. And if I am not doing that and leading by example, you will feel that you need to run yourself into the ground in order to be a successful business owner. But I'm still a total badass. I'm making tons of money
0: and also I need a nap. Yeah. And I'm going to be the best coach for you when I do show up on that call. Yes. I think that this is so important to talk about because with the people that are listening to this like on the radio or whatever on their phone Mm -hmm. on the radio what decade am I in wait I was like cool (laughs) are we on the radio right now I mean I was just thinking about how it comes out of the speakers on your car if you have yeah 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 apple play or whatever (laughs) oh my god you guys so anyway but like my clients do they're like working with people's physical bodies, like they get sore, they get headaches, they get tired, you know, they develop rashes, like all the things, like they have human bodies. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do the same thing. Like they think fully booked is 20 people, but it's actually, maybe it's 10 or yeah. maybe it's 12. Like we don't know until we get there. And like, how is your body going to react? And having the authority over yourself to be like, oops, I am overbooked. And deciding to take care of yourself and allowing the client to have their own reaction to it and not be responsible for it is a very empowering thing. And it doesn't mean we don't care that they're upset if we quote unquote, let them down or whatever. Of course. But when you know that about yourself, you can probably sense it much earlier, which gives people much more time to fill in their schedule with something else during that time. And even if it is last minute, it's still okay. It's like giving yourself that permission to disappoint people because you're not disappointing yourself. And like, what is the value of that part of this thing where? your own non-disappointment is the most important thing. And your client's disappointment is secondary to that. And like being okay with it. Like that's a superpower.
1: Yeah. And ultimately, I think the people pleasers listening that are like, but no, really, I do want, not just don't want to disappoint them, but like, I want to be the type of person that's always like delivering at the highest level. Well, yeah, you're right. And are you going to be able to sustain delivering at the highest level if you're not taking care of yourself when you need to? That is a disservice to them. So either way, you're doing a disservice to them. So in my mind, I might as well do the disservice that's the most honest, A, and in integrity. B, I always think about... I want to lead the way that I would want my clients to run their own businesses. Mm -hmm. So I want to be an example. And like you said, too, if I'm not being honest about my priorities or like what's really happening that my daughter is nursing and this is going to need to happen and we get to rewrite what is professional for women in the workplace because we just don't have a long history of it of women in the workplace period we're making it up we're making it up as we go like our generation is making it up yes and if you think about the responsibility of if we're making it up my daughter who's taking a nap right now is going to look to what we did right now as what the standard of practice is and professionalism. And if she becomes an entrepreneur and I'm making the rules, what kind of rules do I want her to be following?
0: Yeah. I got goosebumps. Small goosebumpy now. Yeah. It's a big deal. And it translates into any business. So Mm -hmm. this isn't just for like life coaches, like for anyone listening, this is for you too, in whatever business you're running. And especially for myofascial release therapists, you get to decide what is juicy and delicious for your life and your schedule. And when you set it based on that, and that feeling that you want to have, eventually you get that. Yeah. But if you set it based on like feeling professional or feeling like you have to, you're going to burn out. Like that's just a recipe. You'll be trapped in that policy
1: that you've set for yourself. So I'm just always like, all right, I want to build a business that I have 0% resentment towards. And the only way to do that is to be 100% honest and to make sure that my thoughts are aligned with my actions. Yeah. And when I step outside of that, I'm trapping myself, whether it's now or it's in the future. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like to call that radical self-responsibility. Like you're responsible for every result that you create, the ones you are really proud of and the ones you're like, ew. Yes. And then being like, okay, how do I just like not redo this ew as soon as possible? How do I prevent that?
1: Yeah. I'm just going to like love myself for being like, oh, we did our best and it was not great today. Tomorrow it's going to be
0: better. Good thing I'm aware of it. Oh my gosh. I want to tell you like this major flub that I did. So I just got done with a launch for my February group. I read your eval. You read my eval, right? But I'm not sure if I put in there the part where like a couple of launches ago and a launch for you guys that aren't familiar with coachy speak is just like when my doors are open for people to enroll into my group coaching program. Mm -hmm. So I usually do some sort of event. Like it's either raise your right bootcamp. This last time it was overcoming objections. So I'll teach a live class, but you got to like You have to sell that ahead of time, but in emails and social media posts and talking about it on the podcast, right? You got to draw people in to sign up for that, which I did. And it was great. It was like the biggest experience I've had so far to date. But I remember like a few launches back, I took a ton of time off, like during the cart open period, like I just was coaching my group twice a week. And so I had all this space and it was so uncomfortable. To have that space. Mm. Like I felt lazy, like something was happening. And so like subconsciously during this launch, I completely overbooked myself. So not only was I teaching a class to a hundred people had signed up for it, I'd never had that kind of turnout. It was 99. I'm going to round up to hundred. So yeah. I had 57 people show up, but before that, leading up to that, like I had tons of extra podcast interviews that I was doing like why did I allow people to schedule during that time and I didn't cancel any of them during the actual week of with that training I had to do that live training which was an extra 90 minutes of coaching yeah I had to finish up my regular group that I was finishing up with I had bonus coaching that I was offering so I was doing a bunch of one-on-one calls and I had four live hour-long podcast episodes to record that week, plus meetings with my OBM, my finance manager, my entreport manager, who else did I meet with? I'm not even sure. But it was like
1: so Mm overscheduled, all from the desire to not feel lazy.
0: Yeah. So instead, I ended up coming down with vertigo. I remember you saying that. Yeah. I was like, I'm probably going to die, you guys. Like, (laughs) What have I
1: done? I actually think I read that post out loud to my husband. I was like, I love this group because it attracts people that are hilarious. I was (laughs) like, thought, I'm going to die. Thought, probably going to (laughs) die.
0: It's like, I can relate, right? Probably, we're all dying. Yeah, it was terrible. And of course, it was a very
1: successful launch. And I think it's so important to have like transparency. Like I know on my podcast as well, like I have transparency episodes where I'm like, okay. Here was the episode where we talked about what it took to plan and schedule out this thing. Here is the part where we talk about the value of the thing. And here's the part where we talk about how it felt crazy and shitty and all the things that didn't work. And yes. still,
0: we got like some good results. We still got the result. Like my ultimate goal was to enroll 20 people. We got 20 people and they're like the best, like Amazing. the best people and i just say like every group gets better and better with the people that i know that can create these results and it's just mm-hmm. it's awesome and i've had great people in every group this is my 6th round but yeah i have to laugh at myself for the part where like i didn't want to feel lazy i didn't want to feel like that uncomfortableness of silence so i just subconsciously overscheduled myself like it was completely subconscious yeah and while i was in it i was like what have i done. And these things are planned way in advance. Like the emails were done in December, the content for social media was done in December, like way in advance. Like I could have just literally done nothing right. Other than like prepared to teach that class. And how terrifying is that? I am so excited to announce that raise your rate bootcamp is now a course available for purchase. Buy raise your rate bootcamp and get all five days of the training and coaching, including the 50 page workbook, get instant access to the course. So you can dig right in and learn my exact method for raising your rate as an MFR therapist throughout the training. You'll watch me coach MFR therapists on their concerns and their hesitations around raising their rates. You'll watch the transformation as these therapists go from freaked out to ready to announce the change. All over the course of five days. And you'll also hear from current and past coaching clients who will share their experiences of what it's like to work with me as their coach. Click on the link in my bio on Instagram or in the show notes here and get access right now. Have your rate raised by this time next week. You can do it too. This keeps
1: kind of coming up on this call. I don't know why, but when we're women, or do you only coach women or you coach men too?
0: There's men too that's self-selecting and they're the best. But yeah,
1: it's mainly women. Yeah. Cause I mean, I just think that in general, we have a lot of like masculine energy, like woven into our definition of being successful. And one of those things is like productivity and like producing is how we are defining for ourselves before we get the result, whether we're being successful or not, or whether we're going to be successful. Oh, for sure. And it's like, if I'm not doing something actively producing, because like you said too, like you were producing, you would actively past you, had like set future you up to just like coast and chill. But that version of you got what it wanted and was like, I don't know how to feel. Yeah, it seemed very dangerous. Yeah, it's not safe to just like enjoy it. Yeah. Oh my God. I watch my clients do this all the time. I have one client that is probably getting the best results of all my clients right now. Like she sets a goal, she blows it out of the water, and she's done this like round after round. And what's happening now is that her first goal was like make more money. She was consistently making that same amount. And I was like, okay, instead of like upping the amount of money, which she still continues to make incrementally more, but I was like, I want you to reduce the amount of time that you're spending doing this as your goal. Yeah. And she is really struggling. She's like, so this month of my four goals for the month, we call them failure collections. Mm -hmm. She's like, I collected all of them and I like achieved it in a week and there's three weeks left. And so now I'm wondering, did I not stretch myself far enough? And I'm
0: like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh my gosh. Now I had to gaslight myself for my goal.
1: I'm like, oh my God, do you see what you're doing? Like, when will you ever be able to enjoy anything? Yeah. You can't even enjoy getting the thing that you want because you think if you got it on time or early, that it means that you just kind of like half-assed it. Didn't try hard enough. Yeah. (laughs) You just like weren't bulldozing yourself enough.
0: Yeah. I I think that's totally like what I was doing. Like, it's so clear to see it now. And I love the whole evaluating. Like I just, I tell everybody like evaluate every client interaction, like everything you do. Yeah. And I used to avoid that so much because I would make it like I would be mean to myself in the evaluation because that's how I'm just used to that. Like, I'm just so good at being mean to myself. And like, so now in the evaluation, like as I'm doing it, it might take me a minute to get started, but I'm just like, I can see all the things that I do differently. like. I love that you start with like, what went well, because it's super hard to look for that stuff when you're mad about the outcome or like, yeah whatever you don't like some of your results, but I just laugh through the whole thing now. And I could go on and on and on. Like, I think I have like a three page long detailed report yeah. to help me with my next situation.
1: I know. And even like in this case of your sixth round of launching it, you got the result that you wanted, but like,
0: sometimes you're like nowhere near it. Yeah. And this was the first time, like it's 20 people, no matter what, it's not like hope that it's 20, but I'm going to like, let whoever comes in, in yeah. and, and going forward, like it's 20 people doors close. Yep. That's like totally different than the first five that seemed really like out of my control, but it doesn't seem like that anymore. Even though like, I can't make anybody sign up for it. It just seems like my belief about the people that are coming is just much more solid
1: yeah, this is just what we do. And and coupling that belief with like, now because I've done the work so much, future me in like round seven launch is going to work on enjoying doing nothing. Yes. Which
0: is harder than it sounds. It is harder, but I do have it set up to be different. So for the next one, what we're doing is Raise Your Rate right camp is coming back live, which is one of the, my favorite things to teach, and I only do it a couple of times a year, so it's coming back. It's going to be a week long. It's a five day event. It's not recorded; like you have to be there live. And I'm also doing a pre-enrollment, and people who pre-enroll can meet me in person in April Ooh, fine. for the very first time. So, like I've never done something like that. So, I have the pre-enrollment, which will be great. It will kind of show us like how many spots are left for the regular enrollment. We're doing the boot camp no matter what, and. Then I have a lot of space, like the actual week that the cart is open. Like, all I'm doing is raise your rate bootcamp and my coaching calls, nothing else. I'm not going to be podcasting. Hopefully, I'm not going to a bunch of sporting events. Like, <laughs> it's just going to be chill and just solely focused on that. And I know that now in February for something that's happening in April. Oh, that's
1: my favorite part of the six months in advance kind of planning type yeah. thing. It's like, you're not just thinking about the next round. You're thinking kind of about the next two rounds so that you get to make all of the decisions in advance. So when you show up, it's still going to feel feelings. Yeah, <laughs> Feelings are still going to be there in your body, but you have nothing to distract yourself from processing them because you've already made all of the decisions and you've told yourself like, Decisions are made. We're not going to change our mind. This is how we're doing it. We're not going to add any extra bonus work unless it feels light and fluffy. Yeah. The only
0: thing I'm going to add is maybe like a spa day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adding the self care things. <laughs> Ooh, a spa day sounds so nice right now. I know. Well, and you know what I did at the end of this one is like I told my husband I'm like, let's go to this fancy spa, but only if I sell this much, right? And then for me now, for my future self, (laughs) I'm planning that, paying for it and booking it ahead of the doors ever opening. So I get to go no matter what the result is, because I can afford to do it. And it's what I want to do. And I want to have that to look forward to and not be a carrot that's dangling only if I do a good enough job.
1: Yeah. And I was just going to say too, there is another level of belief because I know that there are those people that are like, YOLO, they just kind of like cross their fingers and close their eyes. And they're like, I'm going to treat myself. and But it doesn't feel good. Like spending money should feel good before, during, and after. And you are so connected to your future self that you're like, oh, my future self has already sold 20 spots. Mm -hmm. So like you're enjoying all of it in advance. And the purchasing of that just deepens your belief in the fact that you're going to be Closing the door is probably a little bit early to the next launch because people are going to be coming faster and people are just, that's just the way it works, right? Your program is going to be on its seventh round, which means people are going to be delivered results faster. They're going to be referring people faster. And it's like, now you get to just sit in the knowing and you get to plan more things like,
0: how do I want to celebrate myself in advance? Yeah. And who are like the fanciest coaches that I'm going to hire to be part of this group? Like, it just gives me like so much more motivation to start planning the theme of the next group. If there is a theme, sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't, but love a theme. I know. I love a theme too.
1: I also love an accent wall as you can't see because you're not watching this. You're just listening. I just feel so bad for you
0: guys listening, but I know I might have to show this as like the only episode we ever air for (laughs) video. Cause you do. The whole vibe is so good.
1: I love it. I am obsessed with spoonflower.com. You know what? I've seen other... Is that a wallpaper? Yeah. Spoonflower. Your wallpaper is good. It's not even just wallpaper. It's everything prints. So they do curtains and sheets and fabrics. You can make any print into something amazing. What's so amazing about it is it's actual real artists. So they get the commission. So every time I pick out a wallpaper... I get a DM sometimes, not every time, but I get a DM from the artist being like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. I've never seen my art on someone's wall. And I just had an accent wall that I just did literally last night, two nights ago, Mm -hmm. uh, stairs in the hallway in between the bedrooms. And it's just like one tiny wall. But to this woman who's from, I don't know where she's from. She's got a very difficult to pronounce name. I think her name is Lydia. It's pronounced Lydia, but Anyway, maybe I'll link the show notes to yeah. the reel that I created so everyone can see this beautiful artwork. And like, they get to know that their art is up somewhere. It does. I don't even think the commission is like something crazy. I bought like three tiny rolls of it. Yeah. But I love
0: that. I love that. Yeah. So as many accent walls as I can. Oh my gosh. I'm waiting for my son who's 18 to move out to go to college in August. And then I get to move into his room, which has windows. My current office has no windows, but when I move in there, like I'm going to have like a podcasting space and like the space where I coach from and the space where I do office work from is just so much bigger. And I'm going to have an accent wall. I think that's so fun.
1: It is so fun. Now I actually have sent you into a big, you're going to have to set some batteries on how much time you spend on spoonflower.com
0: because you can get lost in there. My friends, I'll send you a voice memo about it. I'll be like, "Could you coach me on this?" Um, now I, I, can't afford to go to the spa because now I have too many <laughs> <laughs> accent walls in my house. <laughs>
1: uh, Future you is like, "Damn it, we look so fine, but we also are so fun. our yeah. shoulders are really need some MFR pressure."
0: That's right. I have to go and make some appointments. Oh my gosh! So you're really big on like the whole time. It's not necessarily time management, but like calendaring, like you have a whole method of how people should set up their schedules. Can you give us any like top secret tips and tricks? Sure. (laughs) Sure.
1: Okay. So one of the most important things that I lay out, like right in the beginning is you have to believe that there's plenty of time. I love that. It seems like the most annoying hack because people are like, okay, cool. Skip to the part where we like calendar. And I'm like, but I promise you that if you are looking at your schedule thinking, I don't have enough time to get this all done. Or if something interrupts this, which inevitably happens Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when I created this scheduling process, it was for myself because I was a single mom. And I was constantly interrupted. And basically every scheduling tool that I looked at and I saw out there was like, okay, cool. And then just stick to it. And I was like, well, no, because my kid's going to wake up from their nap and then my whole schedule is screwed. And so the way that I create my schedule so that like all of the pieces in your schedule are start and end time and they're like Tetris pieces. So when inevitably your day gets interrupted by whatever like you get a flat tire and that needs to be addressed or someone calls and there's like a lice outbreak at your kid's school like i don't know this is real <laughs> examples of things that have happened either to my clients this week and something's going to happen you need to be able to say like i'm not going to stop planning and or use my circumstances that will never go away mm-hmm. to allow me to never really make finite decisions about how long I want something to take and set deadlines for it.
0: I love that. So you can basically say, like you start with the belief, like you have plenty of time to get done what you want to get done and what you need to get done. Mm -hmm. No
1: matter if I'm interrupted. And then we schedule. So like Mm -hmm. knowing that my schedule isn't going to go exactly the way I'm outlining it, I'm still going to outline it. And now I like to schedule very explicitly, like down to every 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Because for me, especially, I think a lot of my work gets done in the small increments because I know for me, I'm a mom of a six month old and a six year old, like they can suck up as much time as I want (laughs) them to. And if my old thought used to be like, well, I'll just do it tomorrow because this is going to take a really long time but I didn't really know exactly how long. It just felt like more time than I had. And it was just never getting done. Yeah. So I would say like, okay, for example, there's some concrete work that I know is going to take me two hours or three hours. And that becomes like start top, top priority
0: Mm -hmm.
1: where, okay, I can move all the other things, but this thing really needs to get done today. Then all the other little things like I want to schedule a messy art class and a music class for Maria. I need to put a bill on autopay. All those other little things. I know it's only going to take me 10, 15 minutes. I put them all in my schedule. Then my care canceled today for the third day in a row because they can't... So my schedule couldn't be exact to the way it was because my husband and I both work from home and we're passing her back and forth. Mm-hmm. So I looked at my schedule and I was just like, okay, all of these little things can be rearranged and my daughter fell asleep a little bit earlier for her first nap. And I was like, good. I have 15 minutes. I'm not spending
0: that whole 15 minutes being like, okay, what do I have to do now? You don't even have to think about, you don't have to use any brain power to come up with what it is that you're going to do, which is brilliant. That is the point of scheduling. Mm -hmm. If I had to say one thing, when
1: people think the point of scheduling is so that you stick to it, But for me, the point of scheduling is to make all of your decisions in advance so your future self can just like roll with it. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have to think at all. She just gets to do.
0: I love that. You just get to show up and do the things.
1: Yeah. And ironically, you had talked about being like a human doing versus a human being. Mm -hmm. You would think that that would make you just more robotic, but the opposite is true because I'm able to not like freak out and be the version of the humanness that we don't love, that like reactive human, I'm able to be like, okay, it's not a big deal. The reality is my nanny canceled for the third day in a row. And it's still going to all get done because there's plenty of time. Mm -hmm. And I can thank my past self who outlined showing me that if this moves here and this moves here, And even if one of these things has to move to tomorrow, which it's going to, it's still all going to eventually get done. Like it's, there's no rush.
0: Yeah. And if it was something that like you had to do, you would figure out how Mm -hmm. to do it. Right. Yeah.
1: And I think that that also scheduling as a business owner and an entrepreneur needs to be coupled with the self concept that I'm
0: someone who always figures it out. Yes. I think that's so good. So, so good. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of like MFR therapists freak out about all the, like the nooks and crannies and like the little details and stuff, and they get caught up in those. And it's like, oh, well, what if you just gave yourself 15 minutes to read your practice act? And then you know how many notes you have to take, like what your requirement is. And like, you don't ever have to tell yourself, you don't know the answer to that question. So much time is spent in like unanswered questions or just like not setting aside the time to like, just get the answer. What are your questions? What do you need answers to? Like, how long do you think it'll take you? I get so much done in like five to 15 minute blocks, like a lot done. Yeah. Same.
1: I'm always like, oh, I have 15 minutes. And the same thing too, is like, I use 15 minutes as like self-care for Mm -hmm. myself throughout the day. So people will be like, wow, like I'm exhausted just looking at your day. Sometimes for my clients, I'll post on my stories, like an example of my schedule. And I posted one today. And sometimes people are like, where do you find the energy? And I'm like, if you really look in there, there's 15 minutes between almost every single thing that I do. Yesterday, it was 52 degrees out. I'm in New York and it's 52 degrees out. And I went for a walk impromptu with my family
0: Mm -hmm, in the middle of
1: the day. Yeah, Cause I was like, oh, I got 15 minutes perfect. It worked out. I was going to make my lunch, but I could just have this thing on the go. And it felt luxurious and it reinforces that belief that most people say is hard to get to, which is there's plenty of time.
0: Yeah. So much time for me
1: to go for a walk
0: with my family. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like the messaging we give ourselves, like where you wake up in the morning and you decide there's plenty of time for everything, right? No matter how much white space you have in your calendar. I did this thing chronically, like for my entire life where I woke up and told myself I was tired and I didn't sleep good. Uh, And I just, through coaching, like caught that, I think with my first coach. So probably two, three, when did I start having a coach? Like two and a half years ago. And she was like, what if you quit telling yourself you're exhausted from the minute you, you wake up? And I was like, Whoa. So I do that. And I, have sometimes difficulty falling asleep, but it's also like from my sleep hygiene choices, like I love to fall asleep to the TV. I like to scroll on social media Mm -hmm. before I go to bed. Like I'm not willing to give those things up. So what I've done to accommodate me is most of the time, I don't have to be out of bed until like 8.30 in the morning. And and for a while it was nine o'clock because I have older kids, like nobody needs their butt wiped. Nobody needs mommy to make their meals. Yep it's amazing. But like, you have to teach them how to do it, right? Like you have to decide it's okay for them to do these things. And I had to go through the part where like, I felt guilty, like being the mom that wasn't up in the morning and all that stuff. And then I was like, you know, I'm kind of an asshole in the morning. So it's probably better for them if I'm not up. (laughs) Like, what are all the benefits?
1: I have no problem with those thoughts. I'm like, I'm creating self-sufficient children. That's my literal
0: job as a mom. Yeah they've got this. So, and also like, because they're independent like that, like I can go out of town and it literally doesn't matter. Like my husband is a better mom than I am. Like, it's great. Love that for him. Love that for my husband too. I love that for him too. He's so, so cute and adorable. (laughs) So anyway, I wake up in the morning and now, and sometimes like the go-to thought still is like, Oh, I'm really tired or like, Oh, I don't want to get up. But most of the time I catch that right away. And I'm like, Nope, silly. You got plenty of time. You got plenty of sleep. And if you're tired later, like you totally have space in your day for a little bit of a nap, or you know, like you can lay down. Yes. Like I've just built that in, and that's how it is. And I quit feeling guilty about it, and quit feeling ashamed about it. And guess what? Now you guys all know that I sleep until eight or eight thirty most of the time. Sometimes nine, nine o'clock today, and I'm not going to apologize for it.
1: Oh yeah, I fully love to sleep in my hours of like operation. I would rather be up with the baby at three or four and then sleep in until eight or so. Yeah. And my husband, it works for us. That's like our jam right now. But I completely agree, like making your own rules within your schedule so that you're, I always just say your calendar should reflect your core values. Mm -hmm. And for me, my core values are fun. It's family- And it's like contribution, intimacy. Those are probably like my main four. And I need just a little bit of all of that in my calendar. And also, I feel like I need a little rebelliousness in my schedule, which Mm -hmm. is ironic because I created scheduling for people like me, for creatives, for people who identify as spontaneous. That's how I grew up. As like with a family that was like so spontaneous that I was like, oh, yikes, I need to learn how to schedule because it makes me feel safe. But also I think that scheduling is for boring people. I think I had that thought about it.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it seems so square, like so type A or whatever.
1: Yeah. Strict. Strict. And rigid and just, yeah. And I am not that way. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, but there must be, I also don't love being someone who just isn't effective or efficient or making the money I want to make or having the time that I want to have. So I was like, something's got to give, like, can we find a scheduling? And I think that for me, it's creating rules and then finding ways for me to break my own schedule and still get the result, it feels like a game. It's like a puzzle. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like you try and come up with something that's going to make me knock at the result that I want.
0: Like I dare you world. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I double dog dare you. Yes. I love that. For me, it's like, it's getting enough sleep, like feeling well-rested, showing up to everything I've committed to showing up to when I can, right? Mm-hmm. And also... I think showing up is like one of my major things like and I show up for my kids sporting events as much as I care to go to them also like within Um, limits as much as you want to. Yeah, like not out of half to and most of the time because I'm able to set my schedule the way it is. I do show up in that like I want to be here energy and if there's like if I'm overstimulated and I can't go to 12 basketball games this week, like I'm going to just opt out like it's okay for me to skip one. My husband like is unable to miss a game. Like he just emotionally can't do it. <laughs> We've had this discussion. And I'm like, okay, I don't have that. So I'm going to not go today.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's interesting because I share custody with my son. And so for me, it's very important for me that I'm at his extracurriculars. But when I'm thinking about my daughter, who's here all the time, I'm kind of like, mm, no probably won't need to go to all her stuff because I'm like, I just see her way more. I could tell at a certain point, I'll probably feel like obligation. And for me, seeing Calvin at basketball practice on a Saturday morning when it's
0: not my weekend feels like a treat to me. Mm -hmm. It's like you get to peek in on like, well, what's he doing? Yeah. Yeah. And it feels nice. Plus he's your firstborn. Like, I feel like there's a thing
1: Aren't we not supposed to talk about that? We're breaking all the rules here. We're not supposed to talk about the firstborn
0: is like the extra special one. I love all three of my children, but there's definitely a thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is. But my firstborn is breaking up with me right now, you know, because he's 18 and he's going to leave for college. So I'm experiencing that. But there's a thing. It's a thing.
1: (laughs) I'm not ready. Yeah. It's like, I'm ready for the part where they can wipe their own butt entirely. Calvin's like half the time. Yeah. He's getting close. Yeah, yeah. It's very close, but I definitely am not quite ready for the part where is like too busy. He still like runs out of school and like runs to me. Yeah. I want you to just like absorb all of that. I think I'm doing a pretty good job. I struggle more with absorbing the baby phase.
0: Well, I think because they need you so much. It's so much labor. Yeah. I know. I sometimes I'm like, I don't even remember what my kids were like when they were baby. Like, how did we do this? You know? Yeah. How did we survive this? But I think that that's good. Otherwise we'd probably have too many babies. Cause we'd be like, this gig is great. I'm going to, I'm going to have like 20 more. And it, yeah. And what would you do? Like, we need you to be out in the world coaching. So <laughs> yeah. Great. Like
1: you're welcome that I don't love every part of parenting.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're welcome in advance for that. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, how did my kids even turn out halfway decent with me as their mom? Because I'm pretty sure like prior to coaching, man, just like unmanaged mind was such a wreck. I think that that's so
1: healthy for people to hear because I think one of my most helpful thoughts all the time is like, if I was able to get these results with my crappy thoughts, think about all the results that I can get with my really clean thoughts. I know. It's like you raised decent kids with being a fully flawed human being.
0: Mm-hmm. It just gives me so much hope for my kids. I know. When they're really struggling. Well, I'm yeah, like, and you've had a coached brain like while your kids are much younger. Yeah, but even still. Yeah, like what is the mental health capacity for kids who have parents with managed minds? It's very interesting. We'll have to... <laughs> Side tangent. (laughs) It
1: is interesting because I think my dad like definitely had good relations. Like he was someone who read self-help back when it was called self-help. That's amazing. But he did it with like business. It was all like for him to be the best business person. He listened to like the audio tapes and he would teach us things like can't was a curse word in our house, like a really early age. And so I do that for Calvin, but (laughs) he resists it a lot. He's just one
0: of those personalities. He's like, mom, don't coach me right now. That's what my kids are. always like, don't coach me. This is a real problem. I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know we can't coach people against their will. I always forget that. Very. Yeah. It always is awkward when we do that. My sister always tells me to stop it too. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to help her, you know? Uh, I know. I know. It's a struggle. Oh we just gosh. voice
1: memo each other when we feel the urge to coach people against their will. I'm going to do
0: that. You're going to get so many random voice memos from me. Okay. So we should probably wrap this up or we're going to have to turn this into two episodes. Yeah, for real. Okay. What do you want to leave us? What is like one of your signature things to say to your coaching clients? If you have a signature thing or like, what do you think would be the most helpful for people to know as women or for me, I have men's too, like entrepreneurs that are thinking about starting their own business, or maybe they're in the middle of it and they're burning out. Like, what would you tell them from your perspective of scheduling?
1: <sighs> when it comes to time, other than the fact that there just is plenty of it and there is no rush, I would just say that believing that it always gets done will help you make the right call. I think that when you have a self-concept that I'm someone who always gets it done. I'm someone who always figures it out. When you have the belief about the world, that there's plenty of time and that there are no circumstances that could interrupt your day that are going to derail your success. like This is exactly the way that it was supposed to go. You just didn't have the insights into knowing what it was. Your past self set your schedule, but your present self is more wise. So trust her and knowing that she is going to have the intuition to know whether she should stick with it or pivot. I love that. I say, trust her. I only speak to women typically, but yeah, trust the person that the brain that you're currently in and you can trust that. And it doesn't mean that you're dishonoring yourself. I think yeah. we put way too much shame into scheduling of like, I call it meticulous scheduling, but all of that is about not leaving any loopholes for you to make decisions later. It's not about having to follow to a T something that your past self who only had the information
0: she had yesterday laid out for you. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. It gives you so much permission to like, really celebrate like past you for the decisions that you made that set your future self up. And then when you get to that point, like you get to reap the benefits of it. And I think just like taking that pause and being like, gosh, my past self like hooked me up. Yeah. And just being so proud of the decisions you made back then to create the result that you have now, whether that's in your schedule, like how you feel when you wake up in the morning, whether it's a parenting decision or a business decision like it it all relates and goes together so that's super helpful
1: you're like i love her and also
0: i know what's best too yeah like just because i made this decision before doesn't mean that i can't make a new decision you make a new decision as long as you love your reasons for it love that so much all right well thank you so much for joining us where can people find you
1: Yes, so I mostly hang out on Instagram at what's happening w We were just talking about the fact that my business is not an actual word. I love to make words up. So that's W-H-A-T-S-H-A-P-P-Y-N-I-N-G W J S. What's com? is also my website. Okay. So you can find me at both of those places. And then you can find me at my podcast. If you guys are listening to this, you're probably podcast
0: listeners. You can join me over at Sincerely Future You. I love it. And her podcast is great. Everybody go subscribe immediately. I'm being bossy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. This was really fun. I'll voice memo
0: probably in like five minutes, but I'll be waiting for it. All right, everybody have a great week and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. My goal is to help all MFR therapists stop under earning and burning out. I have several resources available for you. Read my book, the MFR coach's guide to having your own MFR business available on Amazon and at advanced John Barnes MFR seminars. Keep listening to the podcast. I'll always have fresh content each and every week. Join my group coaching program. Enrollment opens four times per year. We take all the information I teach and lay down the foundation for your six-figure MFR business. It's more than just raising rates, but you'll make that the hardest part. Then expand into the business owner who delivers your rate like it's just the news and who can sell MFR to anyone in any situation. I'll show you how. Get on my email list. Follow me on social media at the MFR Coach and visit my website for more information on group enrollment, themfrcoach.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.